classified documents found where they shouldn't have been. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, but not at former President Trump's residence this time. These are records from when President Biden was vice president. These records were discovered at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, where Biden held private office space there between mid-2017 until the start of the 2020 campaign. The documents were found November 2nd by the president's personal attorneys. According to the White House, quote, the White House is cooperating with the National Archives and the DOJ regarding the discovery of what appear to be Obama-Biden administration records. Fox's Alexandria Hoff says the archives took those documents. Former President Trump posted on social media, when's the FBI going to raid Biden's homes or the White House? Referencing the probe into the documents found at his Florida resort. Republican Congressman Ronnie Jackson tells Fox. What a double standard here. Where's the FBI? They should be battering rams knocking down his door. I mean, were they raiding his home? No. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, and you know, I see the liberal press trying to spin it, say like, well, you know, we'll see what's in it. President Biden is in Mexico for more talks with the Mexican and Canadian leaders on immigration and drug smuggling. Including our joint action to address the, the plague of fentanyl, which has killed 100,000 Americans so far. The House, with Republicans now in control, approved new rules that Democrats call extreme. And then they passed their first bill in the new Congress. It would actually rescind funds that were ultimately earmarked for the IRS to hire additional personnel under the Inflation Reduction Act, which set aside some $80 billion for the IRS. Fox's Kevin Cork, the bill's unlikely to even be considered in the Democrat-led Senate. They partied into the night in Georgia, celebrating a second consecutive college football national championship. Beautiful night. Great night to be a Georgia Bulldog. There in Athens, Georgia closed out an undefeated season, throttling TCU 65-7. to America's listening to Fox News. It all started with the brutal murder of a young married couple. Now, more than 40 years after the couple was found, investigators and forensic genealogists are cracking the case wide open to uncover a stunning second mystery. Where's the baby? I said, well, wait, he had a baby? We crossed the country speaking with victims' families and those close to the case as we ask, what about Holly? I just want to know what happened. Available on foxnewspodcasts.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Get all of your favorite Fox News podcasts commercial-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. From Dana Perino, Kennedy, Ben Dominich, The Duffies, and many more. Subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Russia continues to bombard Ukraine in an eastern city, Bakhmut, where Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says everything is destroyed, with almost no life left there and in a town nearby. But the British Defense Ministry says Ukrainian forces in the area still have stable defensive lines in the region. The U.S. has provided billions of dollars in military aid, but as Republicans have control of the House, the question is how much more funding will Congress approve? Former Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice and Defense Secretary Bob Gates in an op-ed say the U.S. and its allies must provide Ukraine with a dramatic increase in military aid. This comes after Congress approved $45 billion in aid for Ukraine for the fiscal year, which National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan believes won't be touched by Congress. I do not see that money getting taken away from us. While aiding Ukraine has been a bipartisan issue in Congress, new House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said Republicans would not simply write a, quote, blank check to the country. 
in Washington. Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. Another victory in court for gun owners' rights advocates. A new voter-approved law remains on hold in Oregon. And now a federal judge puts a New Jersey law on hold. The judge ruling the challenge to the law forces a person who is permitted to carry a firearm in New Jersey to navigate what she called a veritable minefield. And she wrote the court knows of no constitutional right that requires this much guesswork by individuals wanting to exercise such right. The judge says the plaintiffs hold valid concealed carry permits and were being deprived of their Second Amendment rights. Three members of Second Amendment rights groups who already have carry permits filed the suit soon after Governor Phil Murphy signed the legislation just before Christmas. The legislation was drafted after the U.S. Supreme Court expanded gun rights last year. Lisa Lacerra, Fox News. On Wall Street, stock futures are mixed ahead of today's trading. I'm Dave Anthony and this is Fox News. Good morning. It's 5.05. News Radio 92.3, 44 degrees, partly cloudy right now in Pensacola. Just a few days after about 1,500 people showed up for the casting call of the local drama Sacred, there's now some questions surrounding the legitimacy of their reported agreement with Peacock, NBC's streaming service. For any news outlet out there that thinks that this deal, NBC is producing our show, NBC is not doing it because it's already done. It's paid for out of our own pockets. That's sacred creator and director Elrico Tunstall. He went to Facebook Live after a Channel 3 report that indicated NBC Peacock officials don't have any knowledge of the series or his agreement with them. Tunstall maintains his deal is with a third-party distributor. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office says they're now looking for a man that intentionally caused a car crash and then robbed the person he ran into. 45-year-old Edward Butler Jr. wanted for the incident, which allegedly happened December 27th on North Highway 97 in the Walnut Hill area. Butler uh, reportedly took cash, a gun, and a debit card from the victim, used the card to withdraw money. If you have any information, contact the sheriff's office or call Crime Stoppers. Ahead of the 2023 legislative session, Florida's emergency management chief now calling for changes to help with disaster and response. Emergency management director Kevin Guthrie says he'd like the legislature to reduce the amount of time people have to remove damaged boats from waterways. It's been one of the number one complaints that we've we've taken on both at FWC, DEP, uh, DEP and the division is it's been 45 days and that vehicle is still in the water. Why? Florida State Statute 823. He says with the current 45-day waiting period, it could be the subject of future FEMA clawbacks and arguing that funds paid out weren't for extension circumstances. The Florida Democratic Party is now looking for a new leader. Chairman Manny Diaz announced yesterday he's resigning, effective immediately. He led the organization for two years. Diaz says he encountered a deeply entrenched culture that was resistant to change. Also accused members of his party of putting their personal agendas ahead of the teams. And FHP troopers say there were no serious injuries after a crash on Highway 97 near Davisville yesterday afternoon. A car reportedly left the highway and hit a tree head-on, then rolled over. 
The driver taken to the hospital with minor injuries. FHP still investigating. 507 at News Radio 92.3. Beautiful day out there today with temperatures warming up near 68 degrees with mostly sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping into the 50s, 54 degrees for your low. Small chance of rain with some more humidity builds in as you go into Wednesday. 10% chance of a stray shower. Plenty of clouds out there, high near 73. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 63 degrees and showers and thunderstorms move in as we go into your Thursday. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. And right now we've got partly cloudy skies. It's 43 in Pensacola, 50 in Gulf Breeze, and 40 in Milton. Our next news at 5.30, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Here's what's happening around Pensacola this week. Friday night, all 20s gangsters, mobsters, politicians, and malls will gather at the Bootleg Ball at the Museum of Commerce. Wear your 20s attire for the fundraising benefiting the University of West Florida Historic Trust. Visit Pensacola.com for more. Dress up or dress down and join the Pensacola Symphony for the annual Beethoven and Blue Jeans performance Saturday night at the Sanger Theater. Get ticket info at PensacolaSymphony.com. Here are the News Radio 923 AM 1620 contest rules. You can win one prize per household per contest in any 30 day period, unless specified by individual contest rules. All prizes on News Radio 923 AM 1620 are non transferable, non redeemable for cash, or exchangeable for any other prize. News Radio 923 AM 1620 prizes must be redeemed within a 30 day period of winning. For a complete list of rules, visit NewsRadio923.com. When you think News Radio 923, think local. With three local hosts every weekday and a dedicated local newsroom, no other station covers local issues like what's going on with the progress of Three Mile Bridge or the Pensacola Beach sign, the homeless population in Pensacola, overcrowding of animal shelters in Santa Rosa County, the latest drama of the e scooters, traffic warnings and storm coverage, and more. Your local news station is News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Use a break. It's Davis in motion. He's got it in the jet sweep. Darius Davis blazing fast. Lost the ball. It's on the ground. A scrub right near the TCU bench. Georgia says they've got it, and they do. So Georgia gets the fumble recovery. Kept out of the end zone, but builds a 10-0 lead midway first quarter. And that was the game. <laughs> I mean... Go ten, dogs. Ten, 10 points was enough to win the game. That's not where the game ended, however. Second down against the three-man runs. Launching downfield. Darius Davis is wide open. Has to wait in the throw. 
but weaves his way down inside the 15. It's a coverage bust and a big play desperately needed. 60 yards, I think that one was for TCU, and their quarterback rushed in to match what Stetson Bennett had done. Third and one, that's Johnson in motion. Duggan with the keeper scores! A touchdown run for each quarterback, and TCU fights back. Nice drive. So it was 10-7 at that point. We're about to the end of the first quarter and if you're a TCU fan you're thinking it's not so bad it's not so bad we had a turnover they they had stopped them for a field goal yeah we went three and out on our first drive everything's gonna be okay no big deal <laughs> um <laughs> the play action Bennett looks down the middle McCockey's wide open touchdown dogs oh man that was uh, that was just brutal. Uh, sorry, it wasn't quite to the end of the first quarter. That was 2.43 left in the first quarter. So that made it 17-7. to seven. And then, <laughs> just good Lord. It really was one of those good Lord games. Ball better come out quickly in an empty set. Snap it at two. He's immediately pressured. Winters chasing Bennett, 13 versus 13. But the quarterback wins that battle and dives for a first down to the 33. And this is, this is the, the, you kind of roll that, the dice. That was really the last moment when I think if you're a TCU fan, you had hope. Right there. That was that was the last moment. 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. And you had Georgia stopped at third and 10. And on the play, broken cover, or, you know, broken the line. You had a guy scrambling on Stetson Bennett's heels. He manages to go from 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage to a 11 or 12 yard gain for the first down where you thought you were going to be able to finally stop Georgia on a drive. No. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Bennett keeping all the way and just sauntering into the end zone. His second rushing touchdown and Georgia throwing haymakers and building a big lead down. 24 to 7 at the point. And again, I think, you know, if you're a TCU fan or you're a fan of football, you were kind of hoping, well, you know, something good could happen from their own and their own 23 on third and seven. It seemed like TCU was never on anything but third down the whole, well, I mean, you know, the game. Um, but then, or fourth down, and they're getting sacked. That happened a, a couple times too, anyway. Normally he lines up on the left almost every time. Duggan sidesteps the rush, launches downfield. Johnson, the attempted receiver, but it's picked off. Oh, brutal. <laughs> brutal. And then, so Georgia drives all the way back down, and of course, they score. Milton. One yard no rush. Problem. Georgia overpowering TCU. 31 to 7, a minute and a half to go, or a minute 19 to go in the second quarter. Let's get into halftime. Everything can be not so bad. If we just get into halftime and hide. Maybe we can get a secret bus out of here because this is not a good game for us. But, um, oh, no. <laughs> Duggan with the ball from their own end again. Milton. No problem. Oh, sorry. That was the previous touchdown. Here you go. Here's the play with uh, uh, Duggan, with the, Max Duggan for TCU. Duggan stands and delivers, but it's intercepted. Again. Made a mistake. Oh. And Javon Bullard is at a huge first half would take away number three, and no, Georgia is not done in the first half. So, like, a minute 30 left in the half, it's 24-7. to seven. And then at the half, it's 38-7. to seven. <laughs> Routes down the seam in the middle. Bennett looking this time to the edge. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell. One-handed catch for a touchdown. Crazy. And the highlight reel 
continues. And that was the one where it looked like they both kind of caught it, but, you know, he got given the ball. So at the half, down 38-7, to seven, they asked the TCU head coach, hey, coach, how's it going? Coach, how do you come back from this larger deficit? Well, we had things go about as bad as they could go in the first half. Yep, that's it. <laughs> but he was optimistic. Go in the first half. Uh, exactly what we talked about. Turned the ball over three times. Gave up a bunch of big plays. Um, we just got to get settled in. You know, it seemed like a little bit early maybe. This, uh, our guys were a little bit wide-eyed. And we just got to settle in and play football. We're making uncharacteristic mistakes. And we get some momentum second half. Maybe we get back in this game. All right. Thank you, Coach. Holly. Coach, you wanted aggression in the first so, half. What did you get? This prediction. We get some momentum second half. Maybe we get back in this game. Sounds about as reasonable after the fact. <laughs> as you may remember a comment that I um, I fixated on a little bit yesterday that was made by Matt Gates. <laughs> About, you know, the ability to thwart the nomination of um, uh, of Kevin McCarthy when he kept saying, you know, he doesn't have the votes. He'll never have the votes. He'll not have the votes today, tomorrow. Yeah, we can get back in this game with just a little bit of extra work. Mm, mm, mm. So they even put in the scrubs and the scrubs were still scoring touchdowns 65 to 7. They missed a point after <laughs> Georgia's big failure on the night was they missed a point after. So, yeah, this was the um, um, the worst championship game I've ever seen. Not for me. Go dogs. Well, no, yeah. I mean, look, if you're a Georgia <laughs> I know, fan. Of course, yeah. But coming off of what were genuinely fantastic semifinal games, right? The um, Ohio State uh, Georgia game was fantastic. The, um, you know, the Michigan TCU game was fantastic. And you thought, oh, man. Finally, we're going to have four evenly matched teams. It's going to be great. Everybody kind of figures Georgia's going to win it, but you never know, TCU. You know, stunning Michigan, right? Anything can happen. No, not anything can happen. Um, Georgia completely mowed over TCU. Stetson Bennett, um, back-to-back championships for Georgia, and uh, the era of the dogs is certainly here, you have to say. 517 on News Radio. So all my friends who are Georgia fans, go dogs. You earned it for sure. 517 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. Want a great party platter for the game this weekend? Or chicken wings in bulk orders? At Costello's Butcher Shop in Delhi, you will find a selection of specialty meats from choice to agu, chicken, or even a whole pig, all cut to order. From fine wine to cheese and dessert platters and boar's head lunch sandwiches. Can't find what you're looking for? Ask and they'll order it. For the best meats, top deli items, and Italian family hospitality, it's Costello's Butcher Shop in Delhi. A great place to meet up on the west side of Pensacola. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. (laughs) I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620.
I'll be back. When Arnold says it, it is a little bit more ominous than when, like, TCU says it. <laughs> I mean, barely, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's a slight margin. <laughs> 519 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Cold, 42 out right now. I don't understand these, um, these predictions we got for the weather this week. It was just, it's weird. Okay, like this morning, you know, it's 42. So what you think is, oh, it's going to be cold today. No, not really. You know, it's going to get up to uh, like 65 or something a day, 68, okay? Not so bad. So that's a 26-point that's a swing. I mean, I'll take it. I'm not yeah. complaining. I just, it was weird this morning. I'm like, oh, it's jeans. I looked at the temperature. I'm like, it's not jeans later. And then it's going to be 54 overnight tomorrow into 73, then 63 to 74, and then the, here's the weird one, 43 the next night into Friday. So back to this temperature, and then it only gets to 55. And then over the weekend, Saturday, it's going to be 37 and 36. What is this, January? What do you think this is? Shh. Iowa? Come on. 520 on News Radio 92.3. No I'm Andrew McKay. It's Spence Cole Morning News. David Wayne, who knows a thing or two about Iowa, is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, Brazil's former president, Jair Bolsonaro, has now been released from a hospital in the Orlando area. He was discharged yesterday after being admitted for abdominal pains linked to a stabbing back in 2018. This news, of course, coming after hundreds of people were arrested in Brazil over the weekend for storming government buildings. Uh, consumer expectations for inflation over the next year? Dropping a little bit. The New York Federal Reserve survey showing the one-year inflation outlook fell to 5%. Uh, the figure represents progress in bringing down costs, but still above the Fed's goal of 2%. And Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin now back at home. Doctors caring for him at the, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center say Hamlin is now uh, starting the next phase of his recovery. He's been moved to the Buffalo General Medical Center. And uh, his recovery must be going uh, fairly well on Sunday. Of course, he was posting photos of himself on social media watching the game. So, Very good. Thanks so much for the update. Uh, 521 on News Radio 92.3. Well, we told you this was coming. Um, yesterday, I was giving you a bit of a preview of the... It's always a circus over this wastewater treatment plant location. This time, not in the Milton City Council, but in the county commission meeting. Because the, the backdrop on this is that the last time this came up... The county commission was going to transfer this 100-acre parcel for the rapid infiltration basins to the city of Milton, and there was a technical change in the legal description of the parcel, and so they had to approve accepting that change before the deed would actually be transferred. Um, an incredibly just glitch fix kind of thing, not important, which Tom Danheiser, the county attorney, said this is, you know, you've already agreed to give them the property. You can't really withhold it on this basis. Nevertheless, they did temporarily until James Calkins could summons the mayor of Milton to come talk to them. So she did a vote at the city council meeting. It's not a binding vote because it was not in a regular meeting. It was like, a you know, in the workshop. And so it's still an indication of where the council stood and she goes and shows up and does exactly what, you know, she told him that she would do. She says, look, we got four new members and we voted. The city of Milton, newly elected members of the community to serve as council members. And we had a discussion pursuant to the comments that y'all made at your December meeting to see where everyone stood. A resolution in support of the project passed, not passed formally because that was our executive meeting last week. That's right. It's up for a formal vote tomorrow. Four to three. It's a divided vote because three of the newly elected members to the council have concerns about the site. 
I have respectfully listened to all the concerns myself. I deeply care about and respect my friends who oppose this, and I have chased down every answer I could chase down. I have prayed about this, and I'm here to ask you to please support this project so that we can move forward. And one of the themes here is that the, you know, the people who are all upset about the possibility of building a wastewater treatment plant, and it's not right to say that it's on the Blackwater River because it doesn't discharge into the river and it's farther away from the river than the current plant. Anyway, um, the question is, are you as upset about the current plant that sits at a lower elevation on the river closer to it? Well, that's the problem. This is an improvement over that. Well, we can find a better site. Where? Well, we can't find one yet. We say it this one. No, that's in the middle of a neighborhood. I mean, just... It, it, anyway, I've, you know, I've, I've reached my limit <laughs> with the arguments from the opponents because they just they all, they all have answers, and they keep kind of saying the same silly things over and over and over again. And some of the things they say are valid, okay? But they also keep repeating absurd things like, you're going you're gonna to be swimming in poo in the black water. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God, stop. So James Calkins asks the key question, which is, why'd you pick this site? And what I would like to ask you is, what is the reason why the city council and, and y'all have chosen that site? In terms of why this site was chosen, it was chosen before we were elected, and we have maintained our commitment to this site by majority because the taxpayers have already invested millions of dollars in this course of action until an engineer or an environmental expert or an agency professional tells us that we should turn our backs on that investment. It is not responsible to the taxpayers or the ratepayers to turn away from that investment. That's it. Thank you. This is where we have been for many years. There's been no good, clear evidence that this is a bad idea other than people who, generally speaking, seem to misunderstand the project or are willing to mischaracterize the project and keep raising the, we're going to destroy the Blackwater River. Again, compared to the current site, this is far better than where we're discharging, which, which is discharging effluent into the Blackwater River. Right now, this will not discharge into the Blackwater River. They're worried about a hurricane, which again, when you're at a 75-foot elevation, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's maddening, honestly. <laughs> it really is. As somebody who tries to, like, be reasonable, find the right answer, and look, I don't have a reason to favor this location other than I've tried to listen to all the arguments, all of the presentations, looked at the evidence, and said, you know, what the critics are saying seems much more likely to come from basically a group of people who live there and don't want it close to them. But their proposed alternative is to put it in the middle of an actual neighborhood, which James Cockins is like, y'all crazy. First, I want to thank you for bringing an alternative uh, proposal. Uh, I, I look at this and I see a lot of houses here, a lot of houses. And I've knocked this buffered. neighborhood. And what I wanted to ask is, uh, did you talk to any of those neighbors before picking their neighborhood? I did not talk to the neighbors because we are they already have holding ponds almost completely well, I can around tell you, them. The minute we would put this here, we're going to have that entire neighborhood up here mad. But, uh, we, but what? That's who showed up. <laughs> You're crazy. Okay, so James, what is the difference? Respectfully, there's a huge difference. This is, this is next to a massive amount of homes. I mean, there's, but there's a massive plenty, amount of homes there here. Is, yeah. You need to you need to keep looking on there. There's 298 a, homes. You need to keep looking on there. 
and see yeah, where so the holding pens are. They are all adjacent to this property. Respectfully, I would never vote to put a treatment plant in their neighborhood. Thank you. But you would vote to put it to in, to damage. No, <laughs> no. And her argument is, well, there's these holding ponds, so there's space. You mean like there's a reason to justify that that would be safe? Oh, you mean like there's a reason to justify that off the Blackwater River at an elevation significantly higher and far away than the current plant, that that's also not a good... I mean, there's no consistency, which is why, in the end, I say this is primarily born of we just don't want it near us. You know, I mean, there was this whole business with this Eglin ribs location, then basically all of the elements are the same and there's no outcry over that. Even though you could make all the same arguments or most of the same arguments against that one. It's just, anyway, like I say, it's frustrating. Um, so Colton Wright, he's trying to, you know, preserve order. He actually has to threaten to cancel the meeting at one point if you guys can't behave. Um, and in the end, okay, in the end, um, he says, look, it's really simple. But here's, here's my thoughts. Um, I, I can't imagine... That there's anybody here, not a one of us, that would say we don't want to protect Blackwater River. Exactly. I, mean, I can't imagine you're going to find anybody. If you polled 10,000 people in Santa Rosa County and said, do you want to pollute Blackwater River? I don't think you're going to find a one that's going to say, yeah, I want to pollute it. So, I, I, and I, or knowingly pollute it. You know, would you find a bad actor that's going to throw a piece of trash out the window into it? Sure. Um, but I, I don't know anyone that would knowingly want to do that. And that's the thing. The, the anti-position basically holds that this is so obvious a four-year-old can see how stupid this is. Y'all are going to destroy the Blackwater River. Well, okay, that's called a straw man argument. If you have a view of what your opponent is claiming that is so, like you're saying, their viewpoint is so obviously dumb that... Any four-year-old, a six-year-old. There's actually a woman who got out there. My grandkids can see how dumb an idea this is. Like, oh, ma'am. <laughs> That's one possibility. These city council members, the city manager, the co the county commissioners, Andrew McKay, you know. I mean, and again, it's not my project. I'm just saying I've tried my best to look at this and make sense of it. Um, if you think it's so obvious that even a child would know not to do this, well, then why... Do people think this is an okay idea? You know, why are they stupider than a four-year-old? Could be they're not. <laughs> you know, that could be the answer. Entertain that. So they pushed it to Thursday, which is exactly how this works. It wasn't a voting, you know, uh, deal yesterday. They're going to talk about it on Thursday. And I'd say you've got two leaning against in Carrie Smith and um, Ray Eddington. And we'll see how the vote goes. But I think the attorney for the county is going to tell them again, you can't really hold this up because it's really the city of Milton's decision to make. That's where the war should be fought and has been fought for over a year. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. After passing new House rules, the first bill passed by the now Republican-controlled House would cut funding for the Internal Revenue Service. Fox's Jared Halpern. The funding was included in the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act last year to help the IRS boost its workforce and increase audits for top-earning individuals and businesses. The Congressional Budget Office estimates the Republican measure could decrease tax receipts by $186 billion over the next 10 years. It doesn't have enough support to get to the Senate, though. President Biden
Biden in Mexico City today, meets with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and again with Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador about fighting drug smuggling across the border. And how we can tackle irregular migration, which I think we're well on our way to doing. They're also talking about how to increase manufacturing in the Americas and reduce supply chain reliance on China. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. 43 degrees right now in Pensacola. I'm David Wayne. Santa Rosa County deputies responded to a reported possible hostage situation at the Dollar Tree store in Gulf Breeze on Monday, but they say there was no emergency. That entire incident apparently was a misunderstanding when an employee having a personal emergency asked store patrons to leave, then locked the doors. Deputies say they couldn't contact the employee by phone, so they entered the building, cleared the area, but didn't find anybody inside. They say, again, the whole situation was just a misunderstanding between the store patrons and the employee. Well, despite what your bill might say, Florida Power and Light says they are still in the midst of a four-year plan to reduce energy bills to be more in line with the rest of FPL. Those are all temporary just until those costs are recovered, and then they roll off the bill. Mm -hmm. So those will be whatever time frame that is. As soon as those costs are, are done, they will be off the bill. Company spokesman Sarah Gatewood uh, talked with Channel 3. Some customers were notified recently that their bills will increase about $5 due to costs the company incurred from high fuel bills. It may not end with fuel costs, though. Later this month, they're filing documents with the Public Service Commission outlining their plans to recover costs associated with Hurricane Ian. Beverage and snack provider Buffalo Rock now announcing plans to expand into Santa Rosa County. Joe Ford has more. The Birmingham-based company says they're going to buy 47 acres of the property at the Northwest Florida Industrial Park at I-10 and will build a new distribution facility. The investment is expected to bring between 350 to 400 new jobs to the area, about 150 to 200 of which will be created here. Another 200 will be relocated from other areas. Santa Rosa Economic Development Director Shannon Ogletree says the project is expected to break ground this May, and with the addition, only six acres of the industrial Industrial Park are left available. Joe Ford, News Radio 923. Representatives from a foreign oil and gas company planning to visit Century this week to look into setting up a manufacturing and distribution warehouse there. The company looking into a 40,000 square foot building that used to house a helicopter technology company. Now it's been vacant since 2009, though. North is Gambia reporting the company is potentially looking to hire around five people with average salaries at 46,000 a year. They're hoping to expand that operation in the future. Company reps will be visiting Century Town leaders to discuss their options this week. SpaceX celebrating a successful late-night rocket launch. A Falcon 9 blasted off just before midnight at the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. The rocket was carrying 40 satellites for OneWeb, a company trying to spread broadband internet to rural and underserved areas. 534 News Radio 92.3. Beautiful day out there today with temperatures warming up near 68 degrees with mostly sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping into the 50s, 54 degrees for your low. Small chance of rain with some more humidity builds in as you go into Wednesday. 10% chance of a stray shower. Plenty of clouds out there, high near 73. Wednesday night, temperatures dropping near 63 degrees and showers and thunderstorms move in as we go into your Thursday. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Warning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Warning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke.
Brook right now, 43, partly cloudy in Pensacola, 50 in Gulf Breeze, and 40 in Milton. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi. This host was offered college scholarships for football, <laughs> basketball, and diving. Who is it? The correct answer is Bobby Rossi. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. When you're an innovative business, every blinking cursor, every blank page is an opportunity. What will you do with it? Will you make something better or create something new? Our Dell Technologies advisors provide you with tools and expertise to do incredible things. Because we believe there's an innovator in all of us. For advice on smart PCs powered by Intel vPro that's built for business, call a Dell Technologies advisor at 877-ASK-DELL. I'm Claire Stewart with the University of West Florida. Join us this week on the Pensacola Expert Panel as we share about the Leisure Learning Program at UWF. Tune in to learn more about class offerings, registration dates, and how you can get involved with the program on campus. That's this Thursday on the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance, we personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is Sabie. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Dependable traffic on the fives with local news at the top and bottom of each hour on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Sometimes you fight the law, and the law wins, and uh, that was certainly the case in a video that we'll talk about here in just a second. Yesterday, uh, we're talking with Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office uh, Chief Deputy Shane Tucker. Hey, Chief, welcome back to the show, sir. Hi, good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So I see this video of uh, what looks to be a female officer of yours uh, with a uh, somebody face down in the middle of the street arresting them when somebody pulls up in a pickup and the video kind of cuts out right there. But um, what's going on in this video? And uh, I guess they uh, fought or fled the law, and the law won, of course, in this case, right? <laughs> Uh, they, they they certainly did. Um, the, the deputy was investigating. Um, I, I don't know all the circumstances, but I believe it was some type of trespassing uh, in that area. And uh, when she located the uh, the subject, evidently he, he um, took off on her, and uh, she pursued him and caught him there in uh, in the middle of Dogwood Drive. Huh. Uh, I can tell you, you know, when I saw that video, that's the kind of video that it, it gives me chills. 
Um, you know, fortunately, that that went just perfect. She had it under control. She took care of business, and, and nobody was hurt. Um, but that is an incredibly dangerous position for two people to be in, you know, laying prone on a busy street at that time of day. I just, uh, thank goodness it, it worked out the way it did. And I really want to thank that citizen for stopping to check on her. You know, it's um, it's an incredibly comforting feeling to know that this community has our back when, when those guys and girls are out there putting their lives on the line like that. Absolutely. And that's so that's what the guy in the pickup was doing, was checking to see if she needed any help. And uh, good, uh, she didn't because she had it all under control, which is great, uh, which is a good reminder that today is National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. And I am, um, I am assuming that when citizens say thank you, it's kind of nice. Oh my goodness! Yes, I can tell you, it is. It is such a blessing to be in this career in this community. You know, this morning as I came into work, truthfully, I, I had really forgotten all about it being National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day, and uh, there was a sign that had been placed in front of the sheriff's office by uh, Sign Gypsies of Milton. Uh, they came and donated it and just put it up, it just to, to honor the men and women of the sheriff's office and, and law enforcement and what they do. Um, and Andrew, I don't think I can adequately express how truly humbling it is to serve a community um, that takes care of us the way this community does. And, and the video we saw yesterday was a perfect example. You know, we saw the guy in the white pickup truck pulling over, but th- th- that's not rare. Community members stopping to ask us if we're okay, that is not rare. And it's, it's, it's humbling. It really is. You know, you know what I just personally, you know what I would have preferred to see is the person who was taking the video have gotten out and asked if they needed help instead of taking the video, you know, like you see this thing going on, uh, you know, see if there's anything you can do, but you know, I'm with you that seeing the person in the pickup do that. And of course, in general, our community is amazing. So a couple of events that happened over the last week, we had uh, what a guy in Navarre got arrested for naked trespassing while on Ambien. He says, do I have that about right? Uh, you know, you have the, the gist of, of what I understand. Um, you know, I, I have, in, over the course of my career, I have, I have dealt with a, a handful of people on Ambient, um, and, and I have seen some bizarre behavior. Um, you know, I would be very, very interested to know all the facts of that case. Um, but that is incredibly bizarre, the, um, the, the, the things that he's accused of, trespassing and the, the lewd, lascivious-type exhibition. Um, that's some odd stuff. So <laughs> clearly there was there was probable cause, and uh, so he was arrested for that. And, you know, I guess that'll be uh, an affirmative defense for him to make. We also had a pretty big fentanyl bust in Holly. A couple of guys with very similar but not identical names. Jeremiah Hamilton and Jeremy Brooks Dolan, I think, are the guys who got arrested here. Um, basically, y'all, I mean, tell me what happened. Uh, well, my understanding is it was just it was a routine traffic stop, um, and, and I use that word kind of, um, in, in quotes, there's, there's nothing routine about traffic stops, but um, it was for a, a minor traffic violation, and uh, as as happens, uh, it turned into a a huge drug bust. Um, you know, I, I don't have to tell you how how incredibly dangerous fentanyl is is to this community and, and this country. Um, and to find 71 grams of it, I mean, it's terrific to know that 71 grams is not going to um, cause any overdoses. But it's at the same time, it's disturbing to know that, that that somebody has that much. How much else is out there? Yeah. 
No, it's you're you're right. I it's every, all the time when we see these busts and it's these big amounts. We're like, ah, oh, thank goodness it's off at the streets. But there's obviously a demand because it gets used. Hey, one Absolutely. thing, one thing that I wanted to ask you about, just because it's been a bill that's filed, is the risk protection orders, red flag laws. The way I understand it is either you guys or a judicial has to start the request to take somebody's guns or ammunition away from them because they are at least for now unsafe to have them. The bill would expand that to allow siblings, parents, spouses, and guardians to also request RPOs. In your experience, has that been a limitation? Uh, is that a expansion that would make sense based on the things you've seen in order to help prevent the wrong people from having guns or ammunition? You know, um, I don't know that we're necessarily the right right folks to ask. Um, in the in the, the few years that, that RPOs have been around, um, I can only think of one or two times that we've actually, you know, requested and got an RPO. Um, in, in our experience here in Santa Rosa County, I, I don't think that's going to make a, a significant difference in, in the number of RPOs at all. Um, in some jurisdictions, I know in South Florida, they, they have um, a lot more of those than we do. That, that perhaps could. Um, you know, the, the bottom line is whomever is, is actually requesting the RPO, they're going to have to go before a judge. They're going to have to have a hearing to get it. Um, you know, in our case, I think it's been beneficial that they come to law enforcement to do that. Um, but if, you know, if we were in a position where we were overwhelmed with the number of requests for RPOs, um, I could certainly see that taking some of the, um, some of the, 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 the administrative strain off of us. Okay, well, yeah, I think it might it, more the idea is that, you know, they're the ones who are most in the position to know. And But, of course, the other side, the critics of these things have always alleged, like, hey, expanding it to anybody means you could have retaliatory and abuse of the process. The reason law enforcement officers are good is because it's a fairly limited one. But, you know, we'll see. I just I was curious if you had a reaction to it or if you'd heard about the bill at all. So uh, that's why I asked. Shane Tucker, he is the chief de- deputy of the Santa Rosa Sheriff's Office. Chief, as always, I appreciate what you and your folks do for our community. Happy law enforcement Appreciation Day. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate you. Absolutely. 545 here on News Radio 923. There was a news story yesterday that came out that was, I hate gotcha (laughs) kind of reactions to things. And I know this is the kind of story that conservatives or Republicans, uh, particularly Trump supporters, were like, aha. Um, Okay. And maybe, I mean, and maybe, but it's always like, It's better when the facts play out enough and then you can be like, oh, yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Right. So what happened is there were some classified documents discovered at basically in a former building that president now president, then former vice president Biden had used. So you see the, (laughs) you know, oh, he did it, too. He's got classified documents, too. And so the immediate reaction from uh, my side of the aisle was, when's the raid for the White House coming? Yeah. Right? Which it's not entirely unfair. Um, um, At the same time, how long has the effort been to try to negotiate the release of the materials? How much was discovered? What was the nature of their sensitivity? You know, there's things can have the the whiff of being the same without being the same. And it might be similar. It's possible. But if you can do it, this is hard to do, but if you can do it, you want to present your case in such a way that 
the people who disagree with you are won over. You know what I mean? Instead of, like, I don't know, celebrating a little bit too eagerly, too enthusiastically, too quickly. You know, here's, here's, my, here's my recommendation. You look at this story and you say, hey, they found some documents. It's classified. That seems to be the same kind of thing that President Trump was accused of. And it may turn out to be the same or similar. And so it would seem like the Justice Department should be as vigorous in investigating that as they were with the Trump documents. But you know what? I'm willing to wait and see what comes up. Here's, here's why you say that. Because the people on the other side who hear this already know. If the facts are as they seem, they already know this is embarrassingly <laughs> contradictory, right? This is embarrassing, you know, double standard or so it seems. And if you jump on the, yeah, you did it, kind of like that makes them defensive. And if the, on the other hand, you can say something like, you know, hey, this kind of looks bad. You know, and even like, a, what do you think? Um, you're raising the possibility that they're like, yeah. <laughs> and that's the reaction you want. You want to get to a place where people are like, no, yeah, I see what you mean. Or, you know, where so I don't know, just kind of a positioning yourself in the discussion so as to be winsome with the other side, as opposed to immediately jumping to the ha ha, you know, <laughs> kind of, which again, it may justify that reaction that's just, my role just uh, is is to be nelson your job is to be nelson okay fair enough four three seven sixteen twenty four let me put this a little bit different way if you can be surprising to the people who are sort of on the other side of you from ish, on issues um that's that's what you want and if they are expecting you to be you know, when's the raid on the White, which is exactly what the former president tweeted and several other people have commented. You know, when's the raid on the White House coming? Okay. I mean, you know, that's a fairly obvious perspective to take. But the folks on the other side, that's entirely what they would expect. And if you can give something that's just a little bit than what they expect, you're like, and then they can look at you and say, huh, wasn't expecting that. That's where you create a wedge. That's where you create an opportunity for people to pay a little bit more attention to you because you present as a little bit more reasonable, a little bit more enticing, if that makes sense. That's that, And that is your goal. You want to have the people who disagree with you. I've said this a thousand times. It's so important. You want the people who disagree with you to wish they could agree with you. Or if, if they're never going to agree, to at least be able to see that you're reasonable. Because in our debate these days, pretty much everybody on every other side is irrational, unreasonable, wicked, whatever. And if you can just break through that... You know, and have people who disagree with you say, yeah, I disagree with him, but I still like him. I kind of wish I could see it his way. He doesn't seem like an imbecile. You know, those are the kind of things that you want them to be able to say. Follow 549 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck because the redesigned 2023 Subaru Outback shares your spirit. The Outback can take you as far as you want to explore with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. And Subaru's estimated highway fuel economy for non-turbo 2023 Outback models is up to 32 miles per gallon. And comparing information for competitors' website, the Outback has more ground clearance than Honda CRV or Toyota RAV4. So you can take on the path less traveled with ease. And when Experian Automotive studied vehicles 
vehicles in operation versus total new registrations, they found that 97% of Outback vehicles sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today, which means you can explore your world with confidence. The 2023 Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Actual mileage may vary. Clearance comparisons as of June 2022. Experience data for model years 2012 to 2021 as of December 2022. This morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join Cody Martin, Artistic Director with the Pensacola Opera, as Cody discusses Pensacola Opera's upcoming production of Puccini's La Boheme, following Mimi and Rodolfo from their first meeting to their final devastating moments. Shows are January 20th and 22nd. Call or text questions at 850-437-1620. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. This message is sponsored by the Florida A&M University Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. Are you curious about marijuana? Florida A&M University established the Medical Marijuana Education and Research Initiative, also known as MARI, to educate the public about medical marijuana use as well as the detrimental health and social impacts of unlawful marijuana use on local communities. Find out more at mmeri.famu.edu. News Radio 92.3. Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, Brian Kilmeade, Dave Ramsey, Bobby Rossi, and Lars Larson. Informative, local, dependable. I'm vengeance. Good morning, 5.52 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Ben Scola Morning News, and David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with the headlines. David? Well, the Georgia Bulldogs are the champions of college football for the second straight year. The Dogs uh, beat TCU 65-7 to in uh, yesterday's college football playoff national title game. I don't think you uh, you said that correctly. No, how should I have said that? Yeah, Georgia beat TCU into the ground like a redheaded stepchild. Com- completely destroyed. <laughs> how about I, that? Which Andrew. I have been. Uh, I am, in fact, a redheaded stepchild, so I understand. Aww. Go ahead, David. All right. Thousands <laughs> of nurses still on strike at two hospitals in New York City today. The nurses, uh, of course, demanding better pay, higher staffing levels. They feel they're overworked. There are nurses who come to work and don't eat lunch for the 12 hours that they are here. So a normal patient load for me is one to two patients. More often than not, I have three or four patients. And both of those sides expected back at the bargaining table today. Prince Harry's tell-all memoir, Spare, going on sale today. It's uh, promising to reveal these circumstances. Oh, I got to go to the bookstore. Hold on. And there he goes. Sorry. He's gone. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Promising to reveal the circumstances of his of uh, he and his wife, Duchess Megan's departure from their royal duties, as well as rarely publicized details about the extended family. Oh, Ooh, man. It yeah. is. Did, did that yeah. clinch the deal for you? <laughs> Can you what now? Did that clinch the deal for you? Oh, I was I was going already to not spend my money. <laughs> okay. It has some really wild facts, though, that you wouldn't expect, like how he had his first relations and 
Nobody cares? I do cares? not care I about care. that. I care. He's a royal. And I do it's not, not what you think. It's and now awful. we know who has been to the bookstore. I guess so. I haven't been to the bookstore. I've been on Reddit, but I'm like, wow, we, man, it goes into some dates. The the only extent to which I care about Prince Harry is the degree to which he represents my people. Redheads. Oh. <laughs> That's the only reason that I would care about him. Okay. And uh, in representing my people, I would say, um, no, sir, thank you. <laughs> we'll find somebody else. <laughs> Personally, all right. Malcolm Ballinger hates him. I heard him yesterday. Yeah, it doesn't show. surprise me. <laughs> all right, David. Thanks so much for the update. Five fifty four on News Radio ninety two three. Oh, interesting note came across yesterday. The Biden administration is considering a um, ban on gas stoves. Like, out of the wow. Okay, so no, they're they're looking into the possibility of uh, recommending a ban. The Consumer Product Safety Commission considering a ban on gas stoves because of air pollutants and you know right. You can have the gas on and not know if there's pollutants yeah, and sure. when you burn all that no. kind of stuff. Um, and they plan to act on this because the pollutants can cause respiratory and health issues. There's also, of course, the fire hazard. And more to the point, you know, they're not very green because you know you're burning fluorocarbons and or hydrocarbons and so you're turning them into carbon dioxide and therefore you're killing the planet you horrible evil person um and so basically uh, consumer reports had come out with an advisory for people to consider buying electric ranges rather than gas and now the federal government is looking at recommending a ban on them uh the inflation reduction act i didn't know this but you know a bill that size, what there's all kinds of things you might not know. The Inflation Reduction Act actually has rebates for up to eight hundred and forty dollars if you purchase a new electric range. Uh, about four and a half billion uh, earmarked for helping low to moderate income households convert over to electricity in their homes. So, if you had been in the market already to convert over to an electric from the gas, uh, there is money available. Apparently, I don't know any of the details, but in the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a portal or a website that you would go to to file for this. What this made me think about more locally is um, Pensacola Energy, which, of course, is the, you know, the municipal uh, operation that the, um, uh, the enterprise, right, that uh, city of Pensacola. And I think I drove by there yesterday. I don't often get on that particular slice of I-10, or of I-10 and I think they're doing some kind of big expansion there on the west side of the building, if I if I caught it right. Anyway, I don't, I don't know what all that's about. But, um, you know, Pensacola Energy depends on delivering gas to people and that is one of the major revenue sources for the city or at least it's you know major enterprise for the city so i don't know what this means long term i don't know if this is genuinely we're on the cusp of having this kind of stuff banned uh, i myself am a fan of the gas stove i do not like electric my wife hates the gas and so we have electric uh, even though i'm the cook which is a weird one go figure but so you know i'm with danny I, they freak me out no i but hate great, electric but... stoves for all kinds of reasons we might, might even make that our frivolous topic today we'll see um but the idea of banning it, right, is, you know, seems a little bit strong. 437-1620, Oh, if you were, um, and I know this doesn't directly relate to most of you, okay, but you can kind of see where the winds are blowing. Disney had been operating as a hybrid work environment where people were staying home due to the pandemic and working over remote connections, you know, uh, telecommuting, whatever you want to call it. And basically, Bob Iger says, no more. We're not doing that anymore," he says. "Get your butt into the uh, into the into the building. Come on in. We are. His argument is essentially: Look, we are a creative endeavor, and creativity is the byproduct of people in close proximity thriving and bumping and you know interacting with each other and sharing ideas. And it's different 
when you're on remote. So basically as of March 1st, which again, I know probably not many of you, if any of you work for Walt Disney, still the idea here is that this is probably the canary in the coal mine. This is bellwether. This is where other companies, maybe not every other company, because, you know, Disney as a uniquely creative endeavor might be different from your workplace. But he says um, there's tremendous value in being together with the people that you work with. Agreed. Uh, as you've heard me say many times, as him talking, creativity is the heart and soul of who we are and what we do at Disney. And in a creative business like ours, nothing can replace the ability to connect, observe, and create with peers that comes from being physically together, nor the opportunity to grow professionally by learning from leaders and mentors. All of that I agree with. There is something fundamentally different about creative activities when you're in the room with people rather than when you're just kind of, you know, on the phone with them. That said... Some people, me, are able to do <laughs> an enormous amount of work working from home. I'm not at the station except for when I'm on the air uh, all the rest of the time. But, you know, if you're collaborating on some project, no, I totally agree with him. It's it's just oh, a fundamental sure, difference. This sure. is why part of the reason why you want the kids in the school. You know, you want the kids in the classroom. College is best done in person. All of these things. And again, if Disney is a creative endeavor, I understand where he's coming from. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Your home for Dave Ramsey. Weekdays 1 to 4 is News Radio 92.3. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola. There's some questions about the agreement that the local show Sacred has with NBC's Peacock. Also, the sheriff's office says they're looking for a, a man who caused a car crash and robbed a person. Those stories and more after this update from Fox News. 